Hey there, my name is Cara McClintock and I am the host of the Building a Better Body podcast. I am a certified health coach, a podcaster and the platform for others to share their story. My aim is to get as many experts on the show as possible, be that experts in health, experts in fitness, experts in mind, body and soul, all the good things that make up that better body. I hope you enjoy the show. Hey there you and I hope you are just fine and dandy. Welcome to episode number 105 of the BBB show. I do have a bit of a longer episode ready to rock for you here shortly so I will not waffle on too much here. My guest today is Fiona Jennings of Acupuncture NI and you'll hear all about her story shortly of course. Not only do we talk about acupuncture but we talk about other techniques she practices such as Tai Chi, Qigong and Tuaina. And I pronounce everything totally wrong, but she, she corrects me. Uh, don't worry about understanding what all those are because you will hear all about them. This is a great conversation that might just inspire you to try new things and up-level your body even more. And you know I love a bit of that. <laughs> I just want to apologize before we get started because the audio isn't amazing. But that being said, you should be able to hear it all. Do you know, editing this show is time-consuming, but I do it because I love to bring you all my wonderful guests. But if you do want to support the show, you can head on over to caramclintock.co.uk forward slash support the show. But for now, let's get started. Today on the show, I'm talking to Fiona Jennings. Fiona is the lady behind Acupuncture NI, which is based in Belfast. Nice to see some more homegrown talent on today. And she offers a combination of therapies, including acupuncture, and here's hoping I can pronounce these other ones, and hopefully she'll correct me if not, to Aina and Qigong. Uh, naturopathy and Chinese nutrition. I came across Fiona's work a while back actually when my partner visited her but I haven't had the pleasure of receiving any of her treatments. That being said I'm very interested to see what she has to share with us today. So hey Fiona welcome to the show. Hi Karen nice to, to meet you. So yes it's um, acupuncture that you said that right. <laughs> yeah. It's Twina and Qigong. Twina and Qigong. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Well done. I've read a little bit of your story on your website, but would you like to tell our listeners how you came to where you are in your journey today? Yes. So like a lot of um, journeys, there's lots of different elements came together at um, different times just to get me where I am now. And I'm still on a, a journey as we all are. Mm-hmm. So it started, I guess, I think really, um, I lived in Hong Kong for a few years when I was a small child and that gave me an interest in all kind of Chinese culture things um, and I've had that throughout most of my life. Um, at school then I did sciences and then went to study medicine in Dublin but decided after a couple of years that it wasn't the right thing for me. But I kind of feel like I've come almost in a spiral back to that but not a full circle but in a spiral back to that. I suppose the next big thing was I've always had a bit of an interest in uh, how foods and nutrition and lifestyle affected us but really the next big change really was I was working in retailing and I then moved into to working in the health service as a senior manager in the early 90s and that gave me much more regular hours than, than retailing did but it was very stressful and I'd been reading amongst all the stuff that I'd looked at sort of nutrition and things I'd been reading about Tai Chi hadn't ever found anything in the past or been able to go to a class but once I started in the health service I actually found a Tai Chi class and best of all, I found Peter Gilligan, who was the teacher. Peter Gilligan was the first person in Northern Ireland to bring open public 
Tai Chi classes. And I found him, Tai Chi, and alongside that, Qigong. And he was my real inspiration and began to change quite subtly in lots of ways, but began to get very interested in Chinese concepts of health and um, lifestyle and, and how that affects us all. So the next part then really in that was that in 2001, I had a slight health issue and the Western remedy for that seemed a bit drastic. And so I went to acupuncture. I enjoyed that. It really helped. Um, I also, by the way, went to nutrition to Jane McLenahan, who you might know. I do. I've had her on. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So the acupuncturist that I went to then, who, by the way, has moved off to Australia now. But you're really, you seem to be really interested in this. You've got all this background in Tai Chi and Qigong. Why don't you think about training in there? I thought, hmm, that's a good idea. I've never thought about that. Yeah. Health service, more and more stressful. So I thought that sounds like a good idea. Maybe this is a way out of the health service. But I don't know how I did it, but I continued with my very busy job managing um, at that time orthopedic service in Northern Ireland and started training as an acupuncturist, which meant going down to Dublin every other weekend for, for four and a half years. And I qualified. I thought, right, uh, what am I going to do with this? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, yeah, this is, I need to do something with this. I want to go on with it. It's really interesting like it um i've spent all that time and money let's do something with it yeah but it was a bit of a jump just to to give up a a good steady job so for six months i worked part-time a few a few clinic hours and continued to work in the health service i just woke up actually on my birthday i think which is in july 2010 and i i said i can't stick this anymore i'm leaving the health service and i took the plunge and I have never regretted it for one minute. So I have just continued to work, um, expand my business and work teaching uh, Tai Chi, Qigong and acupuncture. Mm-hmm. And that's where I am today and working along that. That's brilliant. Thanks so much for sharing. And so just to circle back over a few things, you were born in, in Hong Kong. How long were you there for, did you say? Three years? Just I wasn't, I wasn't actually born in Hong Kong, um, but I, I moved. I stayed, lived there for three years and my father's job took mm. us around the world a bit. And um, I lived there for three years. I was only about four mm. uh, when mm. I got there and seven when I left. Do you remember much about it from back then? or I remember, I remember bits about it, but I think it really, the main thing was because we had been there, it always sparked my interest in Chinese things. When mm. we had to do projects on school about the Commonwealth, Yes. I did a project yeah. on, on Hong Kong yeah. when there were things, yeah. you know, we had things around the house that we, you know, my mum had bought when we were there. Didn't have a lot of money, so there wasn't a lot of stuff, but sure. it always got me interested, I think. And then you, you moved on to senior management in the health service. Very yeah. stressful, I imagine. Yeah. yeah. But it's great yeah. that you had that awareness to sort of go, do you know what? I'm not doing this anymore. I need to do what I'm passionate about. And it's maybe all started from just spending some time in China. And that's all sort of cemented your journey for you. And what I what sort of stood out to me was um, how important it is to try new things. Because if you you never know who you're going to meet. And then you met that guy who was, who was the only guy practicing in Northern Ireland. And then that kind of sparked your interest even further yeah I was very I've been very lucky um along my my journey you know people that have have been so inspiring very lucky at the start with my parents who who were you know gave us a good stable environment despite moving around a lot I met my my now my husband I met 
quite young and uh, he's been there always as my my rock and support through all my crazy journeys. <laughs> Peter Gilligan was who sadly died now, but he was just such an inspiring teacher and, you know, such a fount of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And he was mm-hmm. just, he, you know, took me down a completely different way. And then I was very, also very, very lucky after I started, after I'd qualified in, in acupuncture, I had been in China. I had done two trips to China doing some, doing mainly Qigong, actually. So while I was there, I got some, I got some, what I thought were Trina massages and really liked it. And I thought when I came back, I thought to myself, I really want, while the acupuncture is fabulous, I think I really want to learn Trina because, because of doing the Tai Chi and the Qigong, I think, and such a body awareness, Mm. I felt I wanted to add some hands-on stuff. And I was very fortunate after a long series of of, uh, misadventures to find Anthony Monteith in Dublin, who teaches real genuine Trina. Mm -hmm. And he, again, was a bit of a mentor for me, um, starting off in my my own business. He helped to inspire me there, as well as teaching me Trina and advanced Trina. Okay. Well, let's let's um, talk let's talk about Twina then. That was going to be my next question. So, for anybody listening who has never heard of it, not a clue, how would you best describe it, and what what are the benefits? So, Twina is usually described as as massage or, or body work, right. and it's probably one of the oldest uh, massage systems in the world. It's about two and a half thousand or three thousand years old, mm-hmm. and most mm-hmm. of the massage techniques that you see around the West today will have come from Trina, but Trina encompasses them all. Mm. So it's a medical mm. massage. Okay. It's done fully closed and you're covered with a sheet and it encompasses things like deep tissue massage, sports massage, Swedish massage. It's all of those things. Mm. So what I always explain to people is one of the big differences is that it's yes, it can be relaxing, but it's treating you. It's and it's versatile. So a lot of massages when you go to a beauty parlour, they're very nice, mm-hmm. but you get the same massage every time you go. Mm-hmm. What Trina does is versatile. And so, for example, I've treated a six-day-old child. I treated a ninety-two-year-old man. Mm-hmm. I treat cage fighter. You know. I, range of people and they all get something different mm-hmm. and it's focused on a particular area that, that uh, needs that and it's part of Chinese medicine okay. so Chinese medicine people think of it as acupuncture but it got a number of branches so there's acupuncture there's herbal medicine there's twina there's nutrition and there's Qigong, and they're all part of Chinese medicine. So I did two weeks in a hospital in China. It's a it's a consultant-led practice in China, and I learned there, worked with consultants, and worked on patients in the hospital while I was there. So I think massage is usually what it's translated as, but it's a bit yeah. more than what we think about massage yeah I was trying to research it a little bit and I, I read that it you know promotes balance and harmony within the body so it's a little bit more in depth and like you say the beauty massage that you get yeah so you will you will use acupuncture points um what people often refer to as pressure points they're acupuncture points so we'll use acupuncture points 
mm-hmm. um, using our fingers, mm-hmm. um, thumb, um, maybe elbow if you're a cage fighter. Mm. The basic thing of any uh, massage is moving blood and balancing out the body. So you're bringing blood to heal around the body by moving things. So you're, you focus on different areas. So pretty beneficial, like with the cage fighter, for people who have injuries and things like that. Would that be a really good use of it? So, so I used a lot, obviously, for general musculoskeletal things, back pain, frozen shoulder, neck pain, foot, foot pain, plantar fasciitis, things yeah. like that. Yeah. But I also use it for things like headaches oh, yeah. um, and oh, yeah. also for internal things. So a lot of people will have heard about um, Maya massage, for example, mm-hmm. which is an abdominal massage. So there is the equivalent in the, in the Chinese system. So I would use that a lot for fertility issues for yeah. women, for yeah. any, any period problems, period pains. Hey, we're not supposed to have period pain, you know. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> I understand that. Yep. Yeah. I've talked about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. And for digestive issues, um, would use it for that kind of thing. So it's internal medicine as well as just 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 muscular stuff. Yeah. Not that, you know, muscular yeah. stuff is needs a lot of work on stuff, but it's also for what we call an internal medicine. Mm-hmm. Such great stuff that people are, I'm sure, pretty unaware of that can be done. And your time in China has just been, by the sounds of it, pretty invaluable. You know, I don't know how much of that you could get done here, but yeah, you've been right in the kind of out in the field, if you like, in the Chinese hospitals. Yeah, it's great. Um, it really, really helps to to get to see because it's such a different um, system out there. You've you've got real integration of Western style medicine and, and the traditional Chinese medicine there mm-hmm. um, a real good blueprint for what the NHS could be yeah do you go out yeah. much to China still at the moment I haven't I haven't been recently it's a it's a long way to go yeah. and, uh, yeah. there's so much more available now things have grown so much there's so much more in the west online Mm. Uh, webinars so many more books and teachers around now than there were when I started off yeah. it really has grown yeah. a lot which leads to its own problems of course but mm. no I haven't been recently okay. yeah. I know you're keen to tell us about Qigong then and you did mention it a couple of times so what is Qigong <laughs> yeah again one of those things it's kind of a bit difficult sometimes to actually explain what yeah. it is but if we just say to start off with that it is a difficult word difficult thing to pronounce and it doesn't pronounce as the way it looks qi yeah um actually oh well never mind <laughs> <laughs> yeah so chi a lot of people will know chi the word chi is usually translated as as energy mm-hmm. it's that energy that that makes us alive and makes us who we are and gong means a skill or, or work. So qigong means a skill or a work with, with your energy. And mm-hmm. basically it's a system of exercises. Mm-hmm. But the difference between uh, it and Western exercises, apart from the fact that it's, it's many, many thousands of years old, mm-hmm. but every qigong has to encompass body movement, breath awareness, and mind focus. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the stuff that's in vogue at the moment about mindfulness, all of this came from Qigong yeah. and yoga. Yeah. Qigong is probably a bit wider than yoga. It's slightly different and it's more about, more often about relaxing rather than, than a push stretch. Mm. So you 
relaxed relaxed stretch. Very, you know, can be can be very very simple. Um, just moving in time to your breath and focusing on what you do. It's real good fun, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and very easy for people of any age to do. So sometimes people find yoga quite difficult because, you know, we're asking them to push themselves and, and to adopt postures. Qigong is more dynamic in that you move, but it's got that whole mindful part to it. That's what makes it different. Mm. And it's part of, of health cultivation. In China, probably almost everybody does some bit of Qigong. Right. Almost every mm. um, So it's much more widely practiced than, say, yoga would be. In, mm-hmm. in, and so it's got thousands of years and literally billions of people as your test bed of its effectiveness. I just find it, it really, um, it can both relax you and energize you. So depending on what you need, it's got that balance. Brilliant. Um, right. If you feel, you know, if you're feeling stressed, I think one of the things is there's a lot of things you can be focusing on by focusing on breath and what your movements, how your hand is moving, where you're putting your hand mm. and just moving the body. Right. And that helps with your stress. Yeah. But if you need energizing because you're moving the body and you're moving the chi in the body, that will give you energy. Mm-hmm. And it has a lot of subtle effects. It can help to, to boost your metabolism, help, so it helps you lose weight without getting out there and sweating. Mm-hmm. helps to, to clear your mind. It's been shown to be really good for the seniors, for people who don't, you know, to help them prevent falling. Mm-hmm. For young people mm-hmm. to help them concentrate, Alzheimer's, for Parkinson's, for a lot of different, lot of different conditions, but just as a bit of fun and a bit of a balance mm. because in this crazy 21st century mm-hmm. Western world, you know, when do we stop? Yeah. You know, we just keep going. And you know, if you're working all day, running, 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 and then. You literally go off to work and run or go to the gym and run all the time. And that's fine, but that's just one part. And that's too, as we would say, too yang. You need to balance that with your body, but you also need to have a, a bit of quiet time. So this offers you both. Yeah, that sounds great. I must I must look into it because I've never, never done it. Is it easy to sort of maybe find uh, a reference point to where to start with it or what somebody do if they wanted to get stuck in with it come to one of my classes <laughs> oh you do classes in it as well i did not realize brilliant brilliant yellow crane tai chi right. um yes right. i think it's it's interesting as to why it hasn't um spread just as, as much as as yoga has probably a lot you know at the basic level a lot simpler than yoga but i think it is starting to grow yeah, like I you say, that. it's in vogue now to be meditating and be mindful, so you probably will find that it will increase in interest a little bit now. Yeah, but what we would say is is if if you only sit and meditate, yeah. then your body stagnates. Mm-hmm. So you need you need that, but you also need to move. Mm-hmm. And Qigong does that. When we started um, Qigong class in 1998, and at that time, and up until very, very recently, we were the only place in Northern Ireland, as far as I'm aware, doing a pure one hour, one and a half hour Qigong class. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. More recently now, that I think there's two or three others starting up. So it is growing. Mm. 
And deep breathing is important in it. That's what I was reading. And, you know, we really don't tend to breathe right. <laughs> They're all very shallow up in the chest. And that can be so meditative in itself, can't it? Yeah, absolutely. And, and such a big part of, of stress, relief and anxiety. I think anxiety is a, is a big, big issue around the world in the UK and Ireland. Yep. and breathing, concentrating on what you're doing, just feeling, getting to know your body. It's probably the only one you're going to get in mm -hmm. this life. You know, look after it, get to know it, yep. get to know how it works. And I think the really good thing about Qigong is it, it doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah, You can work on it for, you know, 150 years to, to work on getting it perfect. And that's, for me, the enjoyment and, and the, the challenge with that. Yeah. Um, because there are yeah. a lot of layers to it that you can work on forever, which also to me makes it much more interesting than just going to the gym and doing an aerobics class. Yeah. You know, once you've done the routine, it's the same. Whereas yeah. Qigong is always different every time. And something that you could probably do every day if you want to, because it's not like you're going to be overtraining in Qigong. <laughs> no, absolutely. You can't overtrain. Um, you don't need special clothes. You don't need a, a special mat. You can do it anywhere. I've done it in high heels. I've done it in a skirt. As, you know, <laughs> you can do it outside, inside, anywhere. You don't need much space. Yeah, you can do whatever you want. So I, adaptable. I like the idea of doing it outside in the sunshine, barefoot in the grass. I think that might help oh, okay. even more. But today it's pouring with rain and it's freezing. So <laughs> today it's brutal. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I must come to one of your classes because I'm always excited to try new things. Yeah. I mean, you can get stuff online and we're trying to put some more stuff online ourselves yeah. now. But, you know, it's one of those things you, you will get more if you come to a class. You get mm -hmm. the social aspect and you get you get the camaraderie of, of, and the, the smiles and the laughs as well. Yeah. I always tell people to bring a smile with them. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But you get a bit of teaching. But you can follow things up these days. But yeah. like I said, start. You never know who you're going to meet at one of these classes that could start on one of your new journeys. So uh, yeah, you got to meet new people and see where that leads. Yes, and and you know I can tell you lots of inspiring stories about you know people coming. One of the long-term attendants was Vivian, who when she came wasn't had had a car accident some years before, wasn't able to turn her head, mm. had to get her husband to help her dress because she was so stiff. She came, watched her Qigong, and uh, was able, you know, is able to turn her head and move her arms and her head just the same as everybody else. Amazing, amazing. A lot, a lot of people who come to Qigong will have, you know, musculoskeletal issues, sore shoulders, necks, backs, whatever. It's brilliant for back pain, sciatica, you know, all of those things. I'm a big believer in not just accepting things like that. And I mean, she could very easily have just thought, well, this is just the way my, the rest of my life's going to be. But I, I, as I say, I'm a big believer in trying new things. And who knows what can happen? Miracles are just around the corner for everybody. Yep. Yeah. Miracles sometimes take a, you know, a little bit of work in that. And, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, lots of things can be done that um, people tell you. And there's a Chinese proverb about not interrupting the person who's doing it by telling them they can't do it. So as you're called Acupuncture NI, let's talk about acupuncture. Um, you use it to help, just as a one point, uh, to help stress, which is pretty chronic and same as anxiety. Could you tell us a little bit about your acupuncture practices in general and then perhaps how it helps with the stress and anxiety of people? Okay, so um, acupuncture has... has 
grown quite a lot in, in recent years. I trained uh, traditionally. I have done the full three-year training course um, that you need to be registered with the professional bodies. Um, and it is important that you do realise that anybody can call themselves an acupuncturist. And so some people have only done uh, a day, two-day courses. To get the full acupuncture benefits, you really should go to somebody who's done and is registered with one of the two bodies in, in Ireland, which is the AFPA or the BACC. So acupuncture is, I think most people know, is, is using very fine needles to stimulate points in the body. From a Western point of view, we know that there is a lot of science behind it. Um, we know that acupuncture needles do actually have chemical effects in the body, and there's a huge amount of research going on now about that. Anti-inflammatory markers get released, stimulates specific areas in the brain, endorphins, um, it regulates the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal access, and a range of different things that I thought. I won't go into. Basically, from traditional Chinese point of view, we're saying that that it regulates and balances the body. And so often, what I explain to people is that you can think of your body as having a system of hose pipes or wiring around the body, and that what the what can happen is you can get too much in one place and get a little bit blocked, or you can have not enough in another place and a bit empty. So what the acupuncture needles are doing are just helping that to balance out and move things around. You speak to a number of different acupuncturists, so I'll explain it in different ways. But I think one of the, the big things is about the fascia. Um, yep. Fascia is a big, a big new thing that Western medicine has discovered recently. Despite lots of massage therapists doing fascia, massage, release ma uh, massage for a long time, and Chinese using it, for many thousands of years. So by stimulating the, the fascia, you can affect the whole body. So the fascia encompasses the whole body from the toes right up to the, the head and everything's wrapped in fascia. So I think when you're using an acupuncture needle, you're stimulating that fascia and it's sending signals all around the body. Yeah. So a lot of people get very scared about the needles, particularly uh, because their experience of needles is generally having a vaccination or having blood drawn. Yeah. And so I just like to uh, reassure people that the needles are very tiny, very, very thin. You barely feel them, if at all. Mm. Very often I put needles in and people just don't really realize I put them in. Yeah. So the other thing I think is that people think mainly about, often think about acupuncture just for back pain. But in fact, it's a whole medical system. It's, um, you know, that we have whole hospitals in, in China and actually one in Spain now okay. as well in Barcelona. So it is a whole medical system. So it, it treats just absolutely everything the same as, as Western medicine would. Obviously, some things get treated better uh, in one or other system. But it it's probably... Firstly, known for musculoskeletal things, for back pain, um, shoulder pain, and so on. But it also treats what would be called internal medicine. So, fertility is a big thing. Yeah. Um, we treat uh, digestive um, issues, headaches, migraines, um, even colds and flus. 
you know, a complete range of, of anything almost that you can think of, psoriasis, um, eczema, uh, a range of things. One of the main things, I think, um, as you, you said about stress, is yeah. that that's a big factor. Stress and anxiety, and they're not obviously the same, but no. um, those, I would say, a huge number of people who are coming in, they may exhibit their, their problem as, a bad back or sore shoulder or indeed fertility issues or digestive problems. But stress is there in the background, if not at the forefront. So what I how I would treat stress, and I think this is probably unique in, in Northern Ireland, or is the combination of, of all stuff that I know. Mm. So I will certainly do acupuncture. I might use some of the other techniques around that um, and that by the way is one of the other differences with somebody who does a two-day course so I have acupuncture and I have a range of different acupuncture techniques you learn your basic acupuncture um, start off with and then you go off and I've done additional courses in different styles and different techniques of acupuncture specific problems um, some very very ancient stuff that goes right back to, to very classical types of points and to that then i might i might add things like cupping uh moxa which is which is heat right but i also would would add in the things like the tuna and some qigong exercises we would do some some breathing we'd look at lifestyle issues and nutrition because your nutrition affects uh, your mind and not just your body absolutely mm-hmm. Chinese medicine, we don't see the mind and the body as two separate things. We see the mind affects the body and the body affects the mind. I bring all my experience, my experience of 30 years as a manager. So, you know, I, I'm i not a counsellor and I'm very clear on that. But we have some good counsellors in our, our clinic. But I will talk to people about some of their issues sometimes and, and, you know, where they might go for additional help or you know, how they might deal with some of them. And I'll talk to people about breathing and I'll show them breathing techniques, do some Katrina. We look at their nutrition and we look at different parts. So it's a very holistic treatment. There's lots of things you bring into that, not just coming in and, and popping a few needles in. Yeah, that's perfect. All of your experience and training and traveling has obviously taught you to treat the body as a whole, a whole holistic system. <laughs> and not spot treat something so that that's brilliant even the way you're talking is so mindful and um you're taking your time and i imagine you're like that with your clients you know yes (laughs) i hope so yeah the difference with these sorts of medicines is you are treating everybody differently and you're treating everybody as an individual because everybody brings their own background into everything i I have nothing against western medicine and my sister is a gp Mm -hmm. and i have every sympathy and empathy with GPs and what they struggle with in terms of the time that they have with people. Yeah. And we have the, the benefit of spending a bit of time with mm. somebody in an appointment. But, you know, that's just the, the difference between one of the differences, I think, between mm-hmm. Western medicine and Chinese medicine. We're trying to get our goal always is to get those symptoms resolved by treating what is the root cause. So with back pain, we're looking at, you know, what is the root cause of your back pain? Is it your posture? Is that mm. the way you 
you sit, you, you walk, etc. The stress, again, we're trying to look at what is the root cause of that, yeah. what's causing it, so that, you know, I hope that people go off. And it will take several treatments. It, it isn't a magic wand. It's to be involved in it as the patient. You need It's not me just doing to you, which is, again, a difference with, with uh, Chinese medicine and holistic mm-hmm. medicine. You need to be involved in the process. You need to change. You need to do things differently. We work together on that. I'm assuming that if people are stressed or anxious, so if you have a sore back, it could be because you are stressed. That's how it could manifest in the body, if you understand what I mean. Yeah. When I first started out, for example, in the Tai Chi and Qigong 25 plus years ago, lots of people were coming to our classes with with sore backs, with with low back pain. These days, uh, probably almost more are coming with shoulder pain, sore shoulders, tight shoulders, tight Mm -hmm. necks. Mm -hmm. Technology. Could be. <laughs> I, uh, smartphone, smartphone shoulder syndrome or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I was in China, I, I always tell the stories. There were people coming into the, to the, the ward we were in. We were tra- tra- treating neck pain at one time, mm-hmm. and I saw people come in uh, with their fo- their phones, lie down, face down on the bench to get their neck treated, and. <sighs> do their phone at the same time this can't put it down for five minutes never mind an hour treatment oh you know it's a bit it is a big problem and younger and younger people obviously suffering with Mm -hmm. that yeah so you're you're and and stress you know so the way you walk and move affects um, your body and so it's Mm -hmm. trying to to just to get everything in the round if you like and work out what is the root cause of it and, and get that sorted so that you're not coming back continually with it, yeah. uh, with the issue that get it resolved. Or if, you know, okay, you know, we all live a life and, you know, things can go wrong. You can get struck down on your phone and your neck pain comes back. Mm-hmm. But then it's easier to treat it the next time because you know what to do. Yeah, I mean, one of the reasons I, I do this podcast is to create awareness. I just hope somebody's listening with a certain issue and it triggers something to go, oh, okay, I have that. Let's let's sort of look at it and take new things on board and, and change it. Because if you leave it too late, then the more damage you do, depending on what it is, you know. Yeah. And sadly, unfortunately, you know, a lot of people will, will come, you know, acupuncture is their last resort. Yeah. They'll often say to me, oh, I've tried everything. You know what they actually mean is they've tried every medicine mm-hmm. that there is. I understand. Yeah, public, but they haven't um, tried everything. Yeah, like you say, <laughs> um, it's and so, getting to the root cause. Yeah, yeah, and so often what you know what we are treating is is not only the condition, but you know the the wrong treatment mm. that have been given to that, and the fact that it's been going on for a long time. So yeah. my plea is for people yeah. to consider acupuncture early on mm-hmm. um, and not leave it because it gets harder and harder if you leave things. Yes, fine words. Yes. <laughs> so, Fiona, I don't want to keep you too long. I know you're a busy lady. I ask everyone this question. If you could give our listeners one final thought today, one Fiona nugget that they can incorporate into their lives in order to build that better body, what would that be today? So I thought a little bit about this, and, you know, it's difficult to distill things down into one thing. But I know, I know. I think what I would say is, to do something, to change something in your life. Yeah. Um, decide what that is. Okay, for me, 
you know, Qigong's a big thing. I know that won't float everybody's boat, but find out what it is. Mm. Do it and keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Yoga, Pilates, meditation, walking, you know, what Qigong, Tai Chi, whatever it is. To do something, find out something that moves your body or just change something mm-hmm. and keep at it. Yeah. Uh, like you say, it only has to be one thing and then that could create just momentum one. as well. Yeah. So, you know, you can't, you know, it's difficult to change your, your life overnight. Do one thing and then keep at that. And then you can add some more maybe later. If you were going to ask me one other thing, I would say balance. I would say about balance. Don't keep running all the time. Mm. Give yourself calm at some periods. But also do something. Get up and get the body to move. That's balance. Bit Mm. of movement, a bit of time. Mm -hmm. Calm. It's simple simple advice, but not always easy for people. Isn't that what you'd sort of say about that? that's, That's why it's good to have, you know, it's great to listen to things, but you need to do stuff. So sometimes it's good to go to somebody. Quite often when I give people advice, they'll say, oh, I know that. You know, if I say to people, drink, drink some more water. Mm. Oh, yes, I, I know that. But do you do it? Mm-hmm. So sometimes we need to give you a little poke and like a prompt. Yeah. So that's what we're there for. Um, either be in the Qigong or the, or the acupuncture clinic. We're there to, to just remind you sometimes of the things that do and help you to change your habits and get, mm. get that woven into your life. For sure. And then, so where's the best place for people to connect with you on the web? Okay, so I have I have a website, acupuncturenni.com. Mm-hmm. I have, uh, we have a Facebook page that the, uh, at, at Acupuncture Fiona. Yep. yep. And for Qigong, you'll, we have gilacranetaichi.com. <laughs> Um, well thanks very much I will put all of those Fiona in the show notes for everybody to check out afterwards but that has been an amazing conversation you're so full of wisdom and experience and I think that will show whenever people listen to you it's amazing thank you a lot of experience anyway and I'm learning as I go along yeah you're trying new things too yeah (laughs) 